the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. This is our worldwide audience tuning in right now. And uh, thank you for the Rescuers show that airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and 15 and faithtalk1360.com. And uh, if you miss a show or you want to catch up on all the Rescuers shows, Go to rescuersradioshow.org, and you can even, if you'd like to become a partner of this uh, radio ministry, you can do that there as well. Uh, my guest uh, for this show is a, a longtime friend of mine, actually, and uh, we're going to hear all about the story of Dewan Coleman, who is owner of Legacy Insurance Management and uh, Dewan Coleman Agency. Did I say that okay? You got it. And and one, uh, you know, I, I always like for our because our our audience comes in, they don't know what they're going to hear this week or or who the who the guests are. So I'm going to ask you to uh, to begin sharing your personal backstory. Um, take time in telling our audience uh, how you ended up at this point in your life. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a just a young California boy, as I like to tell everybody. Um, I grew up in California in the '90s, and anybody who paid attention to California in the '90s knew that it was complicated, right? Um, gang violence was was out of control, and and I was one of the kids that kind of felt not felt, but I fell into that groove. Mm. Um, you know, had both had I've always had both parents in the family, so my mom and dad were both there. Um, but we still were at that time living below the poverty line, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you go outside and you see guys with fancy cars and uh, nice things, and then you look at your life and you go, "Wow, that must be nice." And uh, so my my evolution was kind of complicated because I was always an intelligent kid. At least that's what people told me. I don't feel that way now. You know, um, I've got two kids. That, life, life is humbling. It is. Well, hey, listen, I've, I've got two kids that blow my mind every day, and I wasn't I was nowhere near them. Uh, you know, when I was their age. So, um, but like I said, they people told me that uh, I was I was an intelligent kid, but I was complicated, and and got in with the wrong crowd, and and through. Uh, a series of events found myself in the gang world and uh it it was it was a very interesting time for me i i, I laugh now um and it's kind of it's kind of surreal when you look back and see how your life has evolved from a guy who probably should have been in prison or, or dead to a guy who actually helps people protect things right yep. um 
So, so my story is 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 probably the story of many. Um, I, I was just somebody who was able to get an opportunity and be exposed to things that were beyond my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and. I think that's probably a problem with most people that were in my situation exposure. If you're not exposed to somebody who's doing successful things that aren't uh, crime related, you don't know how to comprehend it. You can't rationalize it. And, uh, and I, I I was exposed to a, to a series of people that, that, uh, that kind of springboarded me and put me in this place today. Nice. And you, you're a long ways from that now. Light years, (laughs) light years. Um, you know, uh, when I first met you, uh, we were both serving on a commission yes. uh, to help prevent violence and uh, in the Phoenix area. And um, your area of experience was about gangs and uh, gang and uh, gang violence. How deep did that go in your background so that you could end up helping others? Well, yeah. So um, that you that you're talking about uh, the TV special we we did with uh, Dan Rather's. Um, yeah, I, so, well, and, and the one that we did at the uh, Orpheum theater here in Phoenix, we had, we had uh, about three or four degrees of different looks at the the, uh, violence prevention area. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was was, uh, with the Mesa gang intervention project at that time. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful time for me because, um, I graduated high school and, and so I, I joke with the kids that that work with me now. So my employees, I say nineteen hundred ninety five, right? So they're <laughs> they're all two thousand plus babies. So, yeah. um, but I graduated in ninety five, and from there I began working with different outreach groups, Project Imam, the Mesa Gang Intervention Project. I traveled around talking to families about gangs and gang violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to share stories that were similar to mine. Um, the, the amount of times that you, you come across someone that lives in a neighborhood with gangs and, and they really don't want their son or daughter to be in these neighborhoods or in this gang, but they don't know how to fix it. And, and so my job was to go out in the community and educate people, right? Tell the family that even though you don't feel educated, here are the steps that you can do to give your kids the tools to be successful. And that's and, and that that really was was what put me towards what I do now and and it it, it was a huge snowball right mm-hmm. it was incredible watching when I would go out and talk to a young man who who says you know I read but when my friends see me with a book I have to fight and wow. I when I when I raise my hand in class afterwards I have to fight and so to sit down with these with these young men and teach them, teach them how to kind of put the chameleon outfit on, right? How to how to be able to sit in the front of the class and maybe not raise their hand, but you know, eye contact with the teacher, and then at the end of the class have a conversation with the teacher while their friends were there. These things were proved to be invaluable to some of these young men and women. Did you ever feel uh, when, when you were entering the uh, the influential part of you to to help others? Uh, in those situations, did you ever feel uh, really threatened by on your on your own? I mean, there were a couple times. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you, you're going into a neighborhood, and either as an outreach guy, you're either knocking on a door to talk to somebody that's gang related. Um, my job didn't have uh, a, a color line, so I wasn't necessarily just going to black neighborhoods or white neighborhoods or Hispanic neighborhoods. I was going to all of them. And uh, and what we do know about gangs is sometimes not only are they territorial, but there could be a race element. Um, so there were times where I would knock on doors and either get run off by dogs or I've had guns drawn on me. 
um, wow. I was uh, we were we were in uh, in San Antonio uh, doing outreach work, and uh, I was with uh, two off-duty police officers. And and a gentleman came out from around a corner and put guns on all of us. And it was like, wow, really? They have their badges on their hip, and you're going to point a gun at us. Bravo, sir. <laughs> wow. So you mentioned that Dan Rather did a uh, story on the, what you were doing. Well, that was that was a child that was uh, a child and viol- violence special. Okay. So um, yeah, um, and that was uh, that's that while he was still with CBS, I guess, right? Yeah, that yeah. was yeah that was in '98. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there was there were a bunch of people there. It wasn't just me. You mean in that other century? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Nineteen hundred and ninety-eight. That's what I call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, it it was good to get that kind of exposure. That and that's that's why this thing was set up to do to do that exactly that. Yes. Um, so God bless you for for all that you've done and 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 the ways that you've come. So, how did you launch into the business world? Wow, see, it's a good question, right? Um, trial and error, right? Yeah. So when you grow up the way that I did, uh, we didn't have a lot of conversations at home around finance or even protection. I always found that was I always found that interesting too. You know, in the '90s, you would see someone that would get hurt or killed due to gang violence, and then we're doing car washes and bake sales because the family was ill prepared for an event that happens on a regular basis in your neighborhood. And, and that blew my mind. Wow. And so as I started getting into the, the, the world of helping people, I just started paying attention to what, what wealthy people were doing um, to what more prepared people were doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so in banking, I, I, I really started paying attention to how the affluent handled loss. And you had, you had no, none of this influence within your family or friends or no, Okay. None. You, yeah, you, you sought this out, though. Yeah, it it just it became natural. Yeah. Um, so growing up, we didn't have a whole lot. So I learned to be a saver. So putting money putting money away to to make sure that I wish I, was, I had that lesson when I was a lot younger. <laughs> well, listen, let me tell you, it, it was it was a great lesson, but but you, I had a lot of nicks and cuts to get there, right? Yeah. So there was a lot of damage to to uh, emotional damage to to uh, to deal with. But once you once you finally arrive to that place, now I know how to save, and and when you start saving properly, even if you're not making a ton of money. You have a nest egg and you still you can spend a little bit differently. You can live your life a little bit differently. But it was through watching others that that really put me in this place. Um, I, I remember a, a family sat down with me when I was a branch manager and they were telling their story. And the the husband was a big time, big wig at a, at, at a company. And he want his wife wanted him to have life insurance. He didn't want to have it because he had a ton of life insurance with this company. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm you know I've been with this company for thirty years, never going to need more." Um, and ultimately, what ended up happening two years later, he quit his job and was going to start a business with a friend. On vacation, he passed away. Oh no! So she comes into the office and she's crying and she's saying, "You know what do we do?" Because they banked on the life insurance that he had with that company, but he was outside of their window. Now. Most of us would have just completely fallen apart because the primary wage earner was gone. Now, this this lady and her two kids were able to use the assets that they had. They sold some property. Um, they were able to pull from savings. And I, and I found value in that. Mm-hmm. So from there, through banking, it was my banking relationship. You know, it was, it was learning learning how to work with people and clients in uh, in the banking world that kind of put me into my own business. 
I just want to let uh, some of our listeners know, if you're late uh, joining the program today, uh, just coming in, uh, you're listening to my guest, Dewan Coleman, owner of Legacy Insurance Management and Dewan Coleman Agency. So uh, you're you're getting into the, the business world through the bank industry? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, so um, it must have been... When I was first introduced to the business world, it was some, somewhere around 2002, and one of the clients that I was servicing came in and said, why are you in the bank? And, and oddly enough, now I, I, I laugh because this, is, this shows you how sometimes life comes in full circle. Yeah. He worked for State Farm, and he brought me into his office, and I was still young then, and I, he brings me into his office, and he's showing me how to be a, an, an agent. Um, and then he says, so I want you to do this. And you'll be really good at it, but for the first two years, you're going to be broke. <laughs> so from a guy who grew up without any, anything, that all bets were off. He, I heard the word broke, and I ran wow. for the hills. I didn't even think twice about it. <laughs> now, in hindsight, what I probably should have did is had him quantify what he means by broke, because broke to a guy who's been a 15-year State Farm agent could have been $70,000 a year. <laughs> um, and uh, but I, I uh, a bit of a difference. There, it's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. But that caused me to start going in and actually researching different business opportunities. And I've start, you know, I've, I've started several different companies as a result of of that interaction. What companies? What, what so, was that like? Well, well so I had a, I had a wholesale company. Um, so DNA resale. Uh, what we did was we would go out and buy hard and soft goods from companies like uh, Costco. When they so when you return an item. It doesn't just go back on the shelves. They sold it to guys like me. Oh, that's yeah. been the that's when the supply chain wasn't broken. That's when the <laughs> yes, that's when the supply chain wasn't broken. Yeah, um, yeah I I would have uh, I can't imagine being in the wholesale business now, knowing that that, that yeah. there's no supply. But yes, yeah. Well, good for you, and and you've continued education as well. Correct. You? Correct. Um, you know, so for me, early on, teachers teachers didn't know how to react to me. Until probably tenth grade, uh, Miss Barry and and I still I still love this teacher to this day. Uh, she sat down with me one day and she said, "I think you're dyslexic." And I said, "Why are you calling me names?" Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, had no idea, right? Um, so what I did know is the teachers would ask me to read in front of the class, and because my eyes just couldn't, I, I wasn't able to do that. I would get mad. I'd throw a book, so they kicked me out of class. It was a defense mechanism, right? Yeah, and. Uh, so one day she was reading my papers and she she's, you know, I'm noticing some things in your writing that should have been corrected in the second grade. Um, so let's sit down and talk. And and from there, I, once you once you know what your problem is and then you can fix it. Now, today, it's it's just absorb as much data. Dyslexia is kind of reading backwards in yeah. a way. Or yes. Inside out. Okay. Yes. You know, so the way that the way that my my eyes interpret letters and things is is way different than yours um you know to the uh, to even to the point where there's there have been times where well it's been many years um i would i probably would say uh when i was about 18 and 19 years old i sat down to fill out a job application and i'm and i'm going in and i'm reading and and then i get to a point where on the application where it says last name I know my last name is C-O-L-E-M-A-N, mm-hmm. but my brain couldn't remember how to spell it. Oh, my. So I'm writing it. I'm like, that's not right. Yeah. Right? So it's reading, and then sometimes there's a little bit of issues with uh, with just getting 
you know, print out correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and from there, what? Well, from there, you know, once the teachers identified it, um, it for me, you have to be a master of your craft, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if I'm going to help you with your finances, if I'm going to help you with your insurance, um, if I'm going to help grow my business, I need to understand all the moving pieces. So I read and I read often. I, um, I try to absorb as much information. So got my first degree in, in uh, business management and, and marketing um, and then went back to school over the last couple of years at, at ASU and uh, I'm doing a digital audiences degree. So I want to, I want to know about that one. Okay. Well, what is that? What's digital audience? Well, it's, it's how we, what digital is, but yeah, what, it, what, it, what kind of course is that? What? So it's, it's, it's a, mar- it's a, it's a higher level marketing, right? So okay. it's, it's everything that your, your producers do to market your show, right? Okay. So it's, it's, it's the art of connecting people Social media, all of the above, all, yes. of, all of the disciplines of digital, right? All the disciplines, okay. all and right. then and then there's a there there's an underlining that just talk about the metrics, right? So how do we understand our audience? How do we dissect that? How do we make sure that when we're talking to our audience, we're getting the right message out? And if we're not, how do we adjust? Mm-hmm. And it's just the the art of communicating digitally. So how are you applying that dis, that discipline or disciplines into your insurance business well insurance is is a relationship building game right and so the the downside to insurance today is it's become extremely commoditized so i've got to figure out ways to not only meet with people but keep them engaged and then when i've got them engaged i've got to create processes that that will allow me to stay in front of them and and make people want to tell me the necessary information to help them and so the digi- the digital space does that. I'm glad you said that last part because uh, my next question for you is: uh, How are you able? How are you leading and helping others uh, within your community today with these skills? Absolutely. Yeah. So what we'd love to do. Um, so COVID has changed things a little bit, and we're starting to <laughs> really <laughs> just a little bit, right? Um, but. I, I love getting out and going speaking to schools, first of all, right? Yeah. Um, these, our high school and junior high school students, these young men and women are the next wave. And so if we can get these young men and women to understand how to save properly and how to think differently, because, you know, unfortunately, our society is, is, is taught to spend. Right. And I want us to spend, yeah. but I also want us to have the money to spend. So you need to make sure that you're saving and understanding your finances before you just start spending. And department, uh, uh, departmentalize things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, so we do that. We go and we communicate with schools. Um, we, uh, we often go out and try to network with different medical groups, doctors and, and nurses. Um, there, you know, my wife is a nurse and one of the, one of the areas that they're always struggling in is, you know, COVID is exhausting. And sometimes she comes home and she goes, if I get this, um, hopefully we have enough insurance because I could die. Right. So we, we do presentations. Everything that we do isn't about sales. It's just about providing information. So has she been nursing on a covid floor? She has. She has. Wow. Um, she's uh, she an ICU. No. So she 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 uh, floats between a, a skilled nursing facility and then also over at Banner. Um, but she's uh, she last year she was on the COVID floor. That that was that was her job was one hundred percent COVID um, going in and, and, and they and were putting in hours and hours and hours. She would come home 
every day exhausted. Yeah. You know, they usually work 12s and she was coming home 16 hours later, you know, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I know those stories. I, I've heard them. So um, h- how can you possibly, um, through through all of the, the skills that you're, you're learning and your learning process is still goes on, right? Absolutely. I hope to start learning or st- not start learning. I want to keep learning as long as my life expands, right? Correct. I don't ever want to stop. So um, how does that interest people um, in our in our audience? If you had a, uh, something to say to them right now, how does that, what, what you're saying, help them? What, what should they be doing to be better prepared um, mentally, physically? We know those things. But financially, not all the time. Sure, sure. And if you've got, we've got kids coming out of school without any of this being spoken, right? This is true. And and it, it should be at the elementary level, probably. But um, and now now uh, getting the schools back in order is a big deal, right? Let alone having to learn this. Sure, sure. So how do you do that? Well. Well, first, the message to to people is find someone that you can trust, right? So what I find when people sit down with an agent or an advisor, they're a lot of times until they trust you, they're only willing to give you half of the information that you need. So you need to find somebody that you trust and have them really do an evaluation of your world. When I sit down with people, I want to know everything about them. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your activities. Tell me about the people who come and go in your house. Tell me about your assets. And then what we do from there is we paint pictures. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you have a a person that you trust and and they ask the right questions. Because when, when things go wrong in our world, it's, 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 it's usually because it's not, well, when things go wrong in in our world, how we react to them depends on how we were prepared for it. My job isn't, isn't to sell you anything, but it's to paint a picture and give you a blueprint. And that's the, that's the mark of a good advisor, right? That's a huge, that's a huge statement you just made. You're not out there to sell someone. You're, you're, you're educating them and, and talk about the difference in that. Well, an advisor is going to look at your situation and say, Art, because you and your wife work at place X and your income is Y and you have the house, the car, the boat, your kids are either at home or they're not. And, and you have insurance for, for your health, but you don't have long-term care. You have um, X amount of assets. This is what I, I recommend we look into and, and I'll explain these, this series of products from there. What you're going to do is you're going to li- you're going to listen. And my clients I don't have to sell to you because my clients will look at what we're talking about and they're going to say, this makes sense. This is how I want my world protected. A salesperson is just just the opposite. They're going to ask a couple of leading questions and then, and then give you a product. I think you should buy this. I don't care about the commission. What I've learned in my world is this. If I do my job right, you will refer your friends, you'll refer your family. You'll be a client of mine for five, 10, 15, 20 years. I'll get to know your kids. Because I've done my job and I didn't sell you anything, I educated you and you made a decision. If I do that accurately, then the world is the the world that we live in is honest. And you're building legacies. That's hence the name of the business. (laughs) (laughs) I had a hunch. (laughs) 
So um, we have a, a about another minute and a half or so, but um, uh, I, the name of your company is Legacy Insurance Management and Dewan Coleman Agency. Uh, you, you're really not in the sales business. You're in the information business and how that's handled correctly, right? That's absolutely. So, so you're working with families, individuals. It doesn't matter. You're right. you're working to, but you want you you'd like to get up in front of a crowd of thousands of people with this message, right? Hey, listen. <laughs> one of my first loves was speaking in public. <laughs> it, it, it is it is it, it 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 excites me. It makes me happy. So, anytime that I get a chance to talk to people about what you're I do, you're doing it right now. You know, I, 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 we, I, we have I, a I worldwide it. audience. I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, we do. Yeah. Because we've had calls, uh, we've had guests that have calls after shows from Australia, from Connecticut, from all kinds of places. So when you're on the internet, you really have to know that you're out there. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> impressive. I, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, so Dewan, thank you so much. It's it's great to see you, and and I always always it's great to see you. But um, the guest has been Dewan Coleman, owner of Legacy Insurance Management and Dewan Coleman Agency. How can they contact you? So if you go online, dcismyagent.com. So like Dewan Coleman is my agent.com. Um, that is, that's the quick way to find me. Uh, but by email, Dewan, D-A-W-O-N, at dcismyagent.com. And I also take phone calls, 480-347-9043. All right. Thank you, Dwan Coleman. You are a rescuer, whether you know it or not. Hey, thank you. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.